0: Today is Friday, January 29th. This is t Talk. I'm Finn Warner. Happening today in local news, what does the social and emotional health of students look like at a local Los Animas County school? In the state, a national eviction ban will help Colorado renters stay housed until March 31st, but there are asterisks. And in world news, Japan faces an Olympian task with a slow start to a COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Stick around for more. Today's podcast is brought to you with support from Moose's Social Club and Martini Bar. Located right across the street from our office, Moose's is a Chronicle News favorite. To order, give them a call at 719-216-3517 or visit them at 308 West Main Street. All right, let's check in with the weather. Today is sunny with a high in the lower 60s. Tonight has a chance for snow with lows in the upper 20s for Saturday, it will be sunny with a high in the upper 40s and a chance for strong northwesterly winds. Tomorrow night is clear with a low right around 20 degrees. And to round out the weekend, Sunday will be sunny with a high in the upper 40s, and Sunday night will be mostly clear with temperatures dropping into the lower 20s. Now, here's the news. And, happening in Los Angeles County, while academics and extracurricular activities are critical aspects of school for elementary and secondary students, they aren't the only key factors in a successful education. For students to meet their full academic potential, their social and emotional needs must first be met. This is because students who are experiencing stress, fear, anxiety, or depression often have difficulty focusing on their academics. But with the necessity of strict social distancing guidelines, masks, and other restrictions meant to ensure the physical safety of students in the era of COVID-19, meeting the social and emotional needs of students has been an increasingly difficult challenge for educators. This is true for all school districts. Consider Aguilar schools as a case in point. According to Aguilar Middle School teacher Marie Zamora, a 30-year-old veteran educator and PK-12 school counselor, students have been struggling socially and emotionally since the pandemic first closed schools last spring. As students returned to in-person learning this fall, opportunities to interact with one another were limited due to social distancing guidelines. Zamora notes that when students did have the chance to speak with one another, such as in the cafeteria, they struggled to do so. It seems that students didn't remember how to socialize with each other when students came in to eat breakfast or lunch. They were silent. Elizabeth Jamison, Aguilar English Language Arts teacher for grades 6 through 12 and junior high school principal, has also noticed that social distancing guidelines have impacted the quality and quantity of students' interaction in school. While COVID-19 restrictions have created social challenges for students, Jameson notes that in an odd turn of events, incidents of negative student behavior have actually decreased this school year. Looking towards the future, COVID-19 will have a lasting impact on education in Aguilar for years to come. Academically, snow days may be a thing of the past in Aguilar and school districts nationwide. As teachers and students become more conditioned to distance learning, Zoom's online platform could take the place of in-person learning on days when students cannot come to school. Athletics and extracurricular activities have been hugely impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and it is difficult to predict how these impacts will continue into the future. Jameson recognizes that students in Los Angeles County, who whichever school district they attend, are blessed with caring educators who have done their best to continue to provide a quality education despite COVID-19. For more on this story and what's happening in Trinidad and beyond, pick up a copy of today's paper or visit the Chronicle News website, thechronicle-news.com. And, happening in the state, unable to pay his full rent on January 1st, Makem Whitehead got a temporary reprieve from his landlord. He paid $300 on January 11th and was given another 10 days to pay $300 more, or about one-third of the rent for his one-bedroom apartment in Aurora, reported the Colorado Sun. But Whitehead, who said he lost his job and is waiting for his unemployment benefits to restart, had no more money. On Monday, his landlord told him that if he didn't pay by January 27th, the eviction process would begin. Despite Whitehead signing a legal document protecting him from being evicted during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you get hired for a job, within 10 days, you won't get a check, said a despondent whitehead who stopped paying his cell phone bill and used Wi-Fi and a chat app to talk during an interview about the back and forth with his landlord. Whitehead does have something going for him, a national eviction moratorium that prevents landlords from kicking tenants out for unpaid rent. The order, in effect since September 4th, was extended last week to the end of March by President Joe Biden. Landlords say the national order is much more tolerable than Colorado's, which mostly expired at the end of 2020, but tenants' rights advocates say it's not enough. That's because landlords can still evict a tenant under the National Eviction Moratorium if the lease expires and a property owner decides not to renew it. It also includes tenants who don't pay their rent and fail to sign that legal document from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Tenants must sign it to declare they're unable to pay rent due to a substantial loss in income, are unable to get other government housing aid, trying to pay what they could, and will now become homeless if evicted. Tenants facing an eviction must sign the CDC declaration and show it to their landlords. But now, without the Colorado ban, the renter may also have to file it in a court. And that's been a confusing message for tenants who assume that a moratorium means they're in the clear, said Casey DeGennaro, volunteer director of legal services for the COVID-19 Eviction Defense Project. Governor Jared Polis let Colorado's ban expire at the end of December, though he did extend and order banning fees on late payments of rent through January 31st. The original order required landlords to tell tenants of the moratorium in writing, suspend late fees, and provide 30 days notice instead of 10. It also directed the Department of Local Affairs to work with landlords and tenants on repayment and financial assistance. None of those protections will exist after Sunday, and with $247 million in new federal COVID relief on its way to Colorado renters, POLIS appears unlikely to extend the state's eviction ban. And happening in world news, Japan was among the first countries to report cases of COVID-19 after the world was alerted to the virus in December 2019. But just over a year later, it is the last major economy to deploy a vaccine, a measure widely acknowledged as the best hope for a return to something resembling a normal life, reported The Guardian. The first round of jabs is not expected to begin in Japan until the end of February, months after the U.S. and U.K., which have recorded far higher death tolls and caseloads, began their vaccination programs. On explaining the apparent lack of urgency, officials have pointed to Japan's relative success in averting a catastrophic outbreak with 373,000 cases and 5,300 deaths recorded to date. But getting the virus into arms has also been delayed by clinical trials involving Japanese people that must be completed before it can be approved. And a history of vaccine hesitancy among large sections of the population. According to the health ministry, as many as 20,000 frontline health care workers will be the first to get vaccinated late next month, followed by other medical personnel and 36 million people aged over 65 from around April. People with pre-existing conditions, home care staffed, and those aged 60 to 64 will be immunized from June, the ministry has said, but it gave no details for people aged between 16 and 60. Japan's insistence that it is preparing to host a safe Tokyo Olympics has prompted speculation that it would be among the first countries to protect its population before the expected arrival of tens of thousands of athletes and officials this summer uncertainty is growing over whether japan will be able to deploy its 14 billion dollar immunization program the biggest in its history in time for the games despite ordering 310 million doses of the pfizer astrazeneca and moderna vaccines enough for every person in the country to receive two jabs experts said the government had no choice but to back a cautious plan given the high levels of vaccine skepticism that can be traced back to other mass inoculation programs And coming up in Trinidad on Saturday, February 6th, is the monthly Purgatory River Cleanup. The group will meet at 9 a.m. outside of Noah's Ark Animal Shelter at the Riverwalk Entry. A warning to those participating to wear warm clothing and appropriate shoes. For more information, call Julie Knudsen at 970-420-1915. And if you know of an upcoming event you think should be included on our podcast, give us a shout on our TDAD Radio Facebook page or call us at 719-846-3311. And for a deeper look into what's happening in Trinidad and beyond, visit the Chronicle News website, thechronicle-news.com, and don't forget to support your local journalism with an online subscription. And another shout-out to our sponsor for today, Moose's Social Club and Martini Bomb. If you have not already tried their delicious Bandito Burger, I would recommend giving it a shot. But be sure to have some napkins handy. To order, give them a call at 719-216-3517, or stop by their restaurant, 308 West Main Street. That will do it for today's episode. Thanks for hanging around. This has been Finn Warner. Have a great day. This is Chronicle News Media.